Are you one of millions of people throughout the world who are affected by addiction? It's a disease that touches individuals and everybody in their lives. Welcome to Shattering the Stigma with Mama Dukes and Son Frankie. This is a whole person and whole family issue and needs to be tackled together in order to successfully beat this. Now, here's Mama Dukes and Frankie. Hey, everybody. How you doing today? Hey, guys. Welcome back to Shattering the Stigma. How's everyone doing? So today we've got kind of an interesting show going on. Um, have a young mother that's going to be on the show that uh, her son recently passed away and uh, Fuck Heroin Foundation and she have been working closely on a project we're doing. So we're going to share that with you. Um, other than that, what do you got going on, Frankie? Um, well, I don't know. I just got back from Port St. Lucie today, went and visited some, uh, actually a longtime friend of mine that was in treatment. I got to go see him today, which is really cool up in Phoenix, man. And I haven't seen this guy for about probably close to 10 years. So it was really cool to see him doing well. Cause last time I seen him, we weren't doing too well. Yeah. yeah. Plus most of your friends, unfortunately aren't. Yeah, he's one, alive, of the, so one of the few that are left as well. You know, um, the reality of everything is that, you know, it, it's playing Russian roulette every day when you use. And if you're struggling out there, don't be afraid to reach out. Reach out to anybody. You can reach us at 419-971-KICK. Um, you know, reach out. Tell somebody you need help. There is help out there. We'll help you find it. Absolutely. And other than that, you know, um, <clears throat> we talked about it a little bit uh, last week. We have a giveaway coming up. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit about that today. Um, it's going to be uh, on uh, December 18th. 18th, which is a Sunday and Boca Raton. Um, we'll give you guys some details about that. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be doing a giveaway. Um, again, we'll be teamed up with Raw. Um, they'll be feeding it's about recovering three. Recovering artists worldwide. Raw. <laughs> and they'll be, um, you know, it's Joe Nestor, who was here a couple weeks ago, and Bobble, and uh, Jenna. And uh, they'll be feeding about 400 people. We'll also be doing a blessing bag giveaway. So uh, we're going to let our listeners know how they can uh, contribute to that cause. On top of that, a free sober concert. If you've never uh, heard their music, they're awesome. But uh, we have Kelly here to join us now. Kelly. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Frankie? Hey, Kelly. How are you? So um, why don't you introduce yourself, first of all, and and let the viewers know why why you're with us today. Uh, My name is Kelly Mangold. I'm, I'm calling in from Port Clinton, Ohio. And um, I lost my son, Kyle Thayer, my only son, uh, 22 years old, to, um, he overdosed on October, 6th, October 16, 2016. Um, we actually lost Kyle on October 19, 2016. And um, I'm calling in because I would like people to um, have some awareness and share Kyle's story um, during my son's time when um, he was battling that monster and we were in that together. Um, my son was um, in and out of the court system, and um, after his passing, I had um, 
some of my friends had mentioned Alicia and Frankie's name and their foundation, and um, I had gotten a hold of her. And, you know, during that court time, I had asked at any point in time if I could deem um, my son incompetent for substance decision-making. I mean, nobody would um, put him in drug court. There was no, um, if, if they put him in counseling or if he, you know, if I tried to put him in counseling, he, he wouldn't stay. Nothing was court mm-hmm. ordered for him to, to be there. So um, Let's talk on that for a quick second. Okay. You know, um, for all of you out there that don't know, just about every state, not all of them, but just about every state has a law in effect to help get your loved one put yes. into treatment. Um, and, you know, I feel like Kelly and I have known each other forever, and it's only been about a month and a half, but... Uh, I'm I'm sure people get sick of me saying Kelly Kelly Kelly, <laughs> but we've been working on a lot of projects and and yes, we have. Um, you know one of the things when I met you the first time, and I mentioned Casey's Law, which for those of you that don't know it, that's what it's called in Ohio. Um, mm-hmm. Let the viewers know what that is and and how you felt about knowing there was such a thing and never hearing of it. Okay, um, Casey's Law, Senate Bill 117, that was signed by Governor Kasich, um, where was signed up in 2012, where you could deem someone um, um, incompetent for their um, substance um, substance abuse decision. So basically, I could involuntarily got a court order and put my son in treatment. I actually found out on my birthday, November 5th, and that's when I met with Leisha, and I cried for a week. I cried for a week. I still cry today that there was actually a law that I could have utilized to be able to put my son into treatment. And I truly, truly believe if I would have known about that law, my son would be standing here today with me. Um, I would have definitely acted on that. I would have done anything I could to get him into treatment. And I asked judges, uh, lawyers, and counseling um, places where I had um, put my son in counseling at, if I could do any of these above things, can, can I deem him incompetent? I was told there was no such law. None Which whatsoever. is amazing to know that that there is, and the the people that should know about it the most don't even know what to share with people when they ask. Just personal yes, opinion. Why do you, why do you think that is, Kelly? Why do you think that uh, a lot of these judges uh, don't know about this law? Why is um, it so kept quiet? Honestly, maybe because they're out of touch or with just reality. I mean, I don't. I know that sounds bad. I don't know if it's just that. Um, maybe the, the cost aspect of it, or maybe they just feel that it's, maybe that it's because forced treatment. I mean, a lot of people have their own personal opinions about forced treatment. I mean, I mean, aren't you forced to do a lot of things in the state of Ohio? If you have a DUI, you're forced to go to, you know, take a class. If you're charged with domestic, you're forced to pay counseling or you get a deferred confinement, you know. Um, but I just think that um, there is no excuse for it. I mean, I, I'm still wondering that, Frankie, why that was not out and available any courthouses, counseling centers, hospitals. And um, the month that I was off work, I had an opportunity to travel around, and very few courts knew anything about it. I mean, the courts that I went to into the courthouses, um, even the probate part where you're supposed to obtain that court order, there was no information anywhere. And um, You know, one thing, that, one thing that I say is... I'm really big on saying that silence kills. In a lot of small towns, yeah. um, you know, we're we're from the same town uh, where you're at right now, Port Quinton, Ohio, and smaller towns like that. A lot of times, they won't um, they won't talk about what's going on uh, right outside their front door. They won't talk about you know this epidemic and uh, 
how opiates and heroin is right there in their own community. And, um, you know, a lot of times I feel like the courts don't acknowledge how serious this is. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, and that's, that's just my own personal take on it. Um, why it's not known about because a lot of communities I feel like still it's it, not in my town it's not yeah they're not me. they're not ready to accept oh. what's going on yet you know oh no people don't think that they thought when um my son um died that he he died in there where they um and I'm not being mean when I say this um uh, uh lower income area and I'm not in you know but people's opinion not everybody in our town um I had a lot of support but there were people that said oh that's that's their problem. That's their side of the town's problem. When really, it's all of our problem. I mean, we're a community. We should stand together. And if they don't think drug dealers walk down these streets, they're absolutely out of their mind. I mean, they're they walk down my street, your street, everybody's street. And 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 I think that you're absolutely right that people want to bury their head and think it happen here. So you know, it's you know, why would we have to worry about that? Um, I think the whole system needs to be revamped, redone, reconstructed to help our addicts. Let's not let them out in 24 hours and throw them some Narcan and say, here, let's go and call a doctor. No, we need to start protecting our addicts and embracing them and not calling them criminals and, and not, you know, letting them live with family members because they feel that they're going to be harmful to everybody. And again, that's a case by case basis. And I still do not have that answer to why none of that was available. Hopefully by doing the awareness that I'm doing, we'll give other parents and other loved ones an opportunity to have that to utilize and that we can bring awareness to this law. I think it's really important piece for some people, if not all people. It, it definitely is. And, uh, you know, another thing, Kelly, when, uh, when I met up with you, uh, we had talked about, um, with, uh, with the Casey's act, um, you know, not just looking into like Ohio, but like, you know, my mom had mentioned that it's in, uh, you know, almost every other state as well. There's a mm -hmm. different type of, like, you know, here in Florida, we have what's called a uh, Marchman Act. Um, you know, what, 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 just, you know, what would, what would effective way to get this out, you know, not just in Ohio, but uh, the other states that, you know, don't know and communities that don't know? How do you think a good way to approach this nationwide would be? To um, just keep talking about it, um, just keep um, making our awareness videos, um, keep working together. Um, going all the way up to the, to the President of the United States. I mean, getting your legislation involved, getting your mayors involved, getting your sheriffs involved. It, you know, nobody wants to work together anymore. It's about me, 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 or I know that. Well, you may know that, but maybe the rest of the people don't. I think it's getting everybody on the same page so then everybody can work together. I mean, this is going to take um, everybody to, to, to be on board for this. This isn't just going to, you know, it's going to take everybody. I think all the way up to a national federal level. I mean, we're definitely going to have to start making some changes in the laws and within the courts. I mean, to be able to really do this, um, we can't stand alone. We have to stand together as, you know, as a state, as cities, as towns, and take our towns back. I mean, these are our towns. I mean, the drug dealers are just a small amount of people. We outnumber them, you know, and again, going at a national level. I really think that that's what we're going to have to do. You know, Kelly and I made a video, um, when was it the about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, yeah. and uh, I mean, both of us are pretty. Let's just say we didn't look our best. <laughs> we no. weren't expecting to do that, but uh, but no. that thing kind of went viral, and the feedback that's coming from it is phenomenal. We're going to be getting ready to go to break. 
But uh, when we come back, let's talk a little bit about just the few things that have been done since then and what impact it's making, at least on one area. So um, we're going to go to break, and we hope you stay with us, and we'll be back shortly. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. If you're busy, stressed, and can't ever seem to find the time to add in those new healthy habits, you need to check out Lisa Lutan's Busy, Stressed, and Food-Obsessed show. This program will help you discover easy ways to improve your health and happiness. Plus, you will pick up all sorts of tips on better eating, fitness, relationships, how to manage stress, and a lot more. You'll feel yourself becoming healthier just by tuning in. Listen live every Thursday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned into Shattering the Stigma with Frankie and Mama Dukes. Reach out to us on the show today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also drop us a line at Leisha1120 at gmail.com. That's L-E-S-H-A-1120 at gmail.com. Now, back to Shattering the Stigma. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Shattering the Stigma. It's uh, Frankie and Mama Dukes of Fuck Heroin Foundation. And uh, we still have uh, Kelly Mangold on the line, a.k.a. Uh, Mighty Monkey, a.k.a. Uh, Tech Nine. We're on, a, we're on a mission here with Kelly. Um, so, Kelly, you know, there were a lot of things the first time that we met. Uh, it was you, myself, Frankie, and Hugh, our, our mayor from Port Clinton. And a lot of things that came up... Um, could have been prevented so let's talk on um you know the amnesty law sure um in, in every state um I, I believe you know i, I might stand corrected on that but in the majority of the states that i know of that there is a good samaritan law amnesty law um that protects so like if you're out and you're you're doing drugs you see an overdose okay and and you're with that person and they overdose that you won't be charged. That if there's a small amount of drugs in the state of Ohio, a small amount of drugs would be like basically like an S5. That's like the lowest felony. And what that does is they want you to save a life. The most important thing is to preserve that life and call. Um, in my son's situation, he was down 40 minutes before he got any help. 
um, the individual that was with him um, um, did, did, did not act, did not did not drive him. He had keys to his truck. Um, he walked around looking for help. I mean, he just left my son, and 40 minutes is way too long. And um, I believe if these kids, you know, those kids are 22, 21, they're kids to me, you know, if they knew about these laws, um, first of all, if they knew about them, they would be able to deploy them. And the problem is, how do you get laws out to people like that? We know what the amnesty laws are. I mean, if I buy people five houses down right now, yeah, it's a good Samaritan law. But how do you get that out to people that... Um, are, are using or, you know, addicts, and, and I'm not, and I'm not, you know, just, I mean, I just think it's important, that awareness. I had asked some of my son's friends after this, that, do you guys know what that is? Like, if somebody just would have called, they're like, what? They had no idea what I was speaking about, and I believe that if people, knowledge is power, and if you're aware of something, you're able to, to help people, and 40 minutes, my son was down, and they worked on him an hour after that, and it was just, it was just too late. I mean, it was just, if they would have called right away, my son would be standing here and scared, not scared, not sure what to do, or just out of being just, I don't want to be busted myself. You know, those walls are there, you know, to to help. And if you don't touch anything at the scene, leave everything in order. Just call 911. Save a life. It's worth, that's a small charge, or they let you go, and, and that's it. I mean, I think that's a really important piece here. Worst-case scenario, Leave the scene and call 911 as you're leaving, so at least somebody's on the way. Yeah, absolutely. Roll them on their side, prop them up, do something, and call 911. And, and, you know, like I said, that that law will protect them on on small amounts, even if it's a big amount of drugs. Take that chance. You know, someone's failing to advocate for you. Hey, you saved my my daughter or son's life or my dad's life, or, hey, we'll help you with it. I mean, people will be... um, more receptive if that if those things happen. Does that make sense? Like I believe that if you really try in good faith, that you'll be treated good in the end. Absolutely, and and one thing that um, you know um, for the listeners out there, um, if you ever do encounter an overdose, or you know if you're if you're in active addiction and you're listening, and somebody overdoses with you. Um, don't try to hide stuff before you call nine one one. Leave everything as it is. Um, yeah. And, you know, just explain, you know, this is how I found this person. Um, and that's really all you need to do. You know what I mean? Um, no questions are usually asked. But, um, you know, Kelly, you had mentioned, you know, how, how can we get this known about? And uh, I remember back in Port Clinton, we were talking about, um, you know, uh, uh, billboards, like really blunt billboards that say something along the lines of, you know, see an overdose or signs of an overdose listed and then, you know, call 911 and uh, almost what the Good Samaritan law is, you know, on billboards in every county. I mean, that's something you think federally and nationally that they would be putting out anyway, just for the sake of all these people who are losing their lives. Exactly. If you see it, if you see it, report it. If you know it, report it. If you can just, I think if you get that um, over and over again to people, um, social media is a great place to start, you know, on, you know, commercials on TV, like you said, Bill, absolutely. If you put it out there big enough, you know, and, you know, get, get local people involved, like your sheriff, your, um, you know, your, your, uh, your mayor involved, you know, we're very lucky our mayor is involved. So from Port Clinton, and I've been very blessed by that, but get people involved on that level. I mean, we got to find a way to get that word out and, and, um, just keep it over and over again. You know, if you're if you're overdosing and you're with someone, 
just report it, you know, call 911. I think that's a, a very, very big, big piece. Awareness videos like what we did, we talked about that. Um, I had a lot of responses from our video that we did, Leisha. I had over 275 people reach out to me, and it was from Ohio to New Mexico, um, California, um, North Carolina. I mean, people want answers. And like, wh- what do I do? I have people inbox me from all over. I mean, we're making that impact. We're bringing that awareness. Like, I didn't know that, or or how do I do this with Casey's Law? Or I didn't know that. You know, I heard from a neighbor I haven't heard from since 1998 that heard about my son and I. And, you know, people are reaching out. What do I do? They, they want answers. They, they want that help. They want to know that people care. And I, I hate to say this, and this is not to offend anybody, and it's not about blame, but the courts have to start getting with the program. They have to start getting... Um, get in this, get it, like, they're in the battle, but I don't feel like they're in the war right now. I don't, I feel like, you know, we're on the front lines here, and, you know, us parents are just waiting for someone to step in and say, come on, we want to be here with you. We want, we want to get this stuff out, and I, I feel some resistance in a lot of places, and we, you know, we have to start working together. We really do. You know, uh, for those of you that don't know, Narcan only lasts approximately 30 minutes, and so many people, mm-hmm. you know, don't know that and they leave the hospital or, you know, wherever it is that, that it was administered and no one bothers to share that with them, explain to them, like, look, nope. you could go right back into this overdose in a half hour. I mean, there's really very little knowledge and education being spread out there for people. Uh, it seems like everywhere it's a lot of talk about that there's a problem. Um yeah, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We were just talking about that yesterday. Um, you know, we were talking about, you know, if, if somebody were to get raped or something like that, you know, um, you know, with the rape kit, you know, they provide resources and information. Or if somebody was to get robbed or like a domestic violence or something like that, um, they would provide resources for that. You know what I mean? Like uh, like you were saying, but with addiction, they don't really... Uh, you know, they, they hit them with the Narcan, bring them in and let them, you know, they just let them, they let them go with no resources or anything or knowledge. Um, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead, Kelly. Um, I, you know, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, I I had a chance to look at, um, and again, it's, it's not about blame. It's not about, um, throwing courts under, under the bus. It's, um, you know, I, I looked at some, you know, court plans and, you know, if you, if you're arrested your first time, I mean, you get released in 24 hours. Here's your knock and call your doctor in the morning. It's like, what do you think that person is going to do? Do you really think they're capable of, of going out there and, and, and doing that? I think that if you overdose the first time, here's why I like to see in the state of Ohio or anywhere, nationally across the board, I like to see if you overdose the first time that you're put into treatment immediately. Um, if you are picked up with, um, with drugs, you know, your, your first time, that's, they make drug court available for everybody and are some kind of form of treatment immediately instead of waiting for that to get worse. I mean, you know, I think that sometimes they, the courts put people back out there and they're just not, they're not getting it or they are, they are, they're worse off than what they were. They go right back out and they, and they OD. I mean, we really need, like I said earlier, to really think about the restructure of, of our courts and with this epidemic, instead of talking about it, let's move on it. Let's start getting some plans together. Let's start getting judges and, lawyers in a room or, you know, people like great groups like you guys. I mean, that's another thing. I had no idea about your foundation, Lisha. There was no information anywhere. Like, 
you know, it's no different if you hear about all these other groups, but I didn't hear, you know, I didn't see anything in any courthouses, like anything about your foundation or the Warrior Project or all these great people I got to meet along the way after my son. And these are great resources for parents or anybody, um, parents, um, adults, I mean, really anybody. I mean, they're wonderful, out-of-the-box ideas. And I believe, like I said, if, if this awareness would have been out where I could have gotten access to it, my son would have loved you guys. He would have loved the Warrior Project. He would have loved. He would have loved you guys. He, I believe, my son would have still been still would have been engaging in this battle. And we just got to start revamping, really getting you the know, word out through the courts. You know, if someone gets a DUI, they have to go to school for three yep. days. Yep. Um, it, it it boggles my mind that if they get picked up with drugs they don't have to go do that same three-day class because, you know, in that three-day class, they're being assessed. They're finding out if mm-hmm. they are an addict. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're watching films. They're getting a lot of things. If nothing else on their first offense, if they had to at least do that, mm-hmm. you know, but they have to do nothing. Or they get put on probation or mm-hmm. sent on their way. And... You know, you and I earlier today were talking a little bit and you mentioned being in court a couple years ago and being Mm -hmm. amazed that 42 people were up before you um, for what you were there for and and what they were all there for. It was armed robbery, heroin. It was some type of armed robbery, heroin, um, robbery. It was associated with some kind of heroin use or substance I mean, I was sitting there, my mouth was open, and, and I don't, you know, I don't know if I told the viewers or not, I um, were listening, but I've been a cop 17 years, and I thought I heard it all, I mean, I was absolutely bored. I'm sitting there like, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, why are they not getting these people before they go out and do this? And I think we should have stricter laws for drug dealers. I think that there should be a mandatory sentence for any drug dealer that sells any drug that kills somebody. And I know there's all kinds of loops in the law, you know, I understand all that, but, you know, the, as a, as a mom, that's not good enough for me. As a cop, I get it, sure, you mean, but as a mom, I'm talking as a mom now, and um, I want stricter laws. I want prosecutors to go after these people more and not cut them any breaks, quit pleading down these drug dealers when we get them in there. You know, start hammering people, and like you said, the DUI, yeah, you're right. You get hammered quicker on a DUI or domestic violence than you do quicker mm-hmm. if you're brought in on a, on a drug charge. I mean, and that's why it escalates the way. Now we fill our prisons. With all these addicts or people that if we either got them at A instead of waiting until Z, you know, you, we can't do that anymore. I mean, we're just, we're, we're defeating ourselves. We, we really are. I mean. On top of they're, they're not being cured or learning what they need to while they're in prison. So they come out and chances are they go right back to it. Um, sure we're getting ready to go to a commercial break. When we come back, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, what we've got going on for December 11th. Okay. All right. Talk to you guys after the break. Thank you. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. 
It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. are tuned into Shattering the Stigma with Frankie and Mama Dukes. Reach out to us on the show today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also drop us a line at Leisha1120 at gmail.com. That's L-E-S-H-A-1120 at gmail.com. Now, back to Shattering the Stigma. Welcome back, guys. It's Frankie and Mama Dukes here, Shattering the Stigma. How's everyone doing today? Just want to mention real quick, go on our Facebook, Fuck Heroin Foundation, on Facebook, and you can find a lot of things um, for parents, for addicts. If you're looking, you're just feeling down that day, you need a little someone to relate to, there's a lot of good resources on there. So um, just want to throw that out there. If anyone's out there wanting to talk to somebody, needing some insight, has questions about their kids, 419-971-KICK. And uh, also, um, you know, a little bit back to the page, a lot of the stuff we're talking about tonight, you know, um, a lot of the, uh, you know, the Casey's Act, the the, um, Safe Harbor, or not Safe Harbor, but the uh, Good Samaritan Law. Um, you know, all these things, we post information about these daily, you know, um, and uh, try to spread that out nationwide for different states. So uh, keep your eye out for stuff like that. Um, you know, Kelly, be, uh, before we went to break, we were talking a little bit about, um, you know, you were letting us know that, you know, you worked in law enforcement for 17 years. Um, one, one of the biggest things I battle with is... Um, I go, I go back and forth, you know, a lot of times I like to believe that um, law, enforcement, law enforcement can make an impact on what's going on and, uh, you know, with this Absolutely. epidemic, but on mm-hmm. the same note, I kind of feel like it's going to be a matter of, uh, you know, parents that, um, you know, people like yourself that have lost a, that have lost a loved one to this disease or, uh, yep. you know, people like my mom and I are that are just, we're just fucking sick of what heroin's doing to our community and almost like 
some vigilante type shit to really uh, make a difference. You know what I mean? Uh, where, oh, yeah. where, where are you with all that? Um, you know, uh, being on both sides, you know, working in law enforcement and also, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, here, here comes, here comes, here comes the question of the day. Here's the million dollar question. No, um, I really think that, um, you know, I always, you know, I, I will give myself this. I've always treated people really good, and I've always tried to. I think I have a lot of empathy and compassion as a cop. Either you, I guess you're born with that. I don't think you can you can be made that. I don't think cops have enough understanding of what's going on out here. Um, fortunately, like I said, I'm I, I'm gonna pat myself again. I'm a good cop, you know. And um, I've always treated families <laughs> with, 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 with a lot of respect, you know. And that you know that just you know, like it's either you got it or you don't. I really think that we need to have more education um, within the law enforcement, even in the courts, about addiction and um, what it really does, and and. Oh boy, like some, I hate to do this, but again, there are some cops I have dealt with where, you know, they make that situation 10 times worse. And um, I really think it goes back again to, um, you know, educating your police departments. Um, and again, not all police officers are bad. Not all police departments are bad. So I don't want to, um, you know, like I said, I've worked around a lot of, a lot of good police officers. And, um, you know, so, and again, it just comes back to, um, it just comes back to, um, you know, again, um, you know, awareness and um, getting keeping. I know keeping keeping them educated. You know what I mean? Sorry. You know, I've been in situations where I've been, you know, come upon an overdose. Sorry, I stepped outside to get some air. Come out. <laughs> <laughs> so where was that coming from? Come across an overdose, and you know. Um, a lot of times when that person comes to, that's when they're the most vulnerable. That's when they need mm-hmm. to know that they're worth it. And, you know, the difference between who who and how they're treated, I've seen other times where they've said, you're just a junkie, you just need to die already. Or, or You know what I mean? It's, it's sad that the world has come to that, that, that mm-hmm. we don't even see people as human sometimes. Um, no, no, they don't. And I think, again, that goes back to um, each person, each law enforcement officer is, is definitely an individual. And I think, again, that goes back to your training, how long you've been a cop, um, how much compassion and empathy you have. And, um, you know, I had an experience the night that my son was in the hospital. I'll be very honest. Um, I had an officer, you know, I was very distraught about my son. And um, um, he made a comment or a reference that, um, well, your son had a responsibility not to go and buy that. You know, as a law enforcement officer, I've been on a lot of scenes, okay, obviously I have an opinion, but at no point in time would I ever interject my opinion um, uh. as a law enforcement officer. Like, you, that your opinions don't matter at that time. What matters is that family, and I would have embraced that family. I would have hugged that family. I would tell you whatever I can for you. I'm going to work hard because that's what taxpayers want. You know, they want officers that are going to work hard for them, and I... I no matter what my opinion would have been, I'd have kept it to myself, and I would have told that family, I'm going to fight hard for you. I'm going to figure all this out for you. I would have never upset that comment. And I, and I hate to say that, but and that, and that saddens me as a law enforcement officer. It saddens me as a citizen. You know, I, like I said, again, I don't know what some officers are thinking. So, again, it goes back to, I think, retraining um, our police departments, um, retraining them that all addicts, not all addicts are bad, and that never to judge someone unless you're in their shoes. And, and what happened with my son, it has made me a different person. Um, maybe six years ago, seven years ago, I'd have viewed some things a little different. But when it happens on your front doorstep, 
it changes you. Like, I think that that has made me stronger and um, a better a better officer, if that makes any kind of sense. I just, it makes you see people differently in that, you know, I, I try to not judge anybody in or out of uniform because at the end of the day, we all breathe the same way. We all breathe the same way at the end of the day. The only difference is I got to go out and enforce the law, I guess. And, and But I don't think I'm any better. I, you know, I... I just try to treat people the way I would want someone to treat my family if that was them, you know? I guess it's just good karma. I don't know. <laughs> so um going to be up there this weekend where we're working, putting some things together uh, for December 11th. Why don't you roll out and tell them what we got going on December 11th? Um, we got what we got to go on December 11th is going to be at um, JT's restaurant, and it's going to be from three to six. And what that's going to be is um, um, an awareness for um, families, um, anyone that's struggling with um, any type of substance, um, heroin. You know, if, if you lost a loved one, and what we're going to do is I, I called it uh, KT's project. It's called Out of the Box Thinking, and I get to work with you, of course. And, and you know, the Warrior Warrior Project will be up there. Um, Next Level Fitness has um, out of Sandusky has decided to. Uh, join with us, and we, you know, we, we want to be in the war, and what we want to do is help parents. I want to give parents real help. I, I, all of us do, and I want them to be able to come in and say, uh, like, one thing we're going to do is have the street names of, of certain drugs right now, um, the difference between synthetic drugs and, um, you know, other drugs on the streets. Um, if Narcan will, will work on synthetic drugs, you know, um, um, if it does or doesn't. Um, you know, um, another thing is, what does an addict's room look like? I remember my son's room um, late in high school, what it looked like. And think about it. I was trained as a law enforcement officer, and I still missed a lot of things. And, um, you know, what that what that looks like. Where would they hide their drugs at? I mean, I have a lot of parents asking, what's this street name? Where would they hide this? Um, we've even discussed, um, what else have we discussed? Um, uh, common street names, um, oh, what, what an overdose looks like. I mean, what does it sound like? What do you do if that happens? I mean, parents want real answers, real results. You know, um, they want they want answers. And I believe what we're going to do is um, hands-on awareness. And we're going to have people there that can actually help, you know, give parents these answers that they need to these these questions. And I feel we're just going to rock the house there. And, you know, we got free coffee and donuts, too. <laughs> so, Can you give the address for that? Um, you know what I knew you were going to ask me that. And, I know. Sorry. And You, you know, it's okay. Um, no, I do not have that available. I do not have that. So Let um, me see. I might have it. I'm sorry. I, you know, I, and I thought you would do that. And I'm like, nah, I'll be all right, you know. <laughs> I think I got it on here. That's all right. We can pull it up. Um, in the meantime, though, um, so, yeah, we got that going on uh, December 11th. And then also uh, December 18th, uh, the following week, um, as I had mentioned earlier, um, Fuck Heroin Foundation and uh, Recovering Artists Worldwide are uh, doing a collab uh, Christmas party. Um, they have uh, catering coming. We're going to be feeding about 400 people. Um, we're going to have some special guest speakers, uh, Narcane demonstrations. Uh, we're going to be doing an overdose awareness walk as well as a balloon release, followed by, uh, you know, music from uh, Joe Nestor, Bobble, and everyone. And uh, between now and then and also during the event on the 18th in Boca, um, what we're doing is uh, Fuck Heroin's actually taking uh, donations for any type of, uh, you know, like $5 Subway gift card, 
um, warm socks, uh, hygiene products, toothpaste, you know, um, male and female hygiene products, uh, clothing, anything like that. And um, we're trying to put together a blessing bag. So, we're, of course, we're looking for like backpacks as well. Um, but anybody that wants to uh, contribute to that, um, you can send anything into uh, Clean Motives LLC. Uh, it's 500 North Congress Avenue, uh, Suite D109. That's Delray Beach, Florida, 33445. Or if you have questions pertaining to how you can uh, participate in this, you can give us a call at 419-971-KICK. And again, uh, we'll have more information about that next week, but that's for December 18th. And uh, the address for JT's Catawba Cafe is 1871 Northeast Catawba Road, Port Clinton, Ohio, 43452. That's from 3 to 6 on December 11th. Good job, Alicia. <laughs> I <laughs> knew I, I had it somewhere. <laughs> no, I but, had it on my phone somewhere, but, you know. Um, do I have a second to talk about um, the page that I put up about um, taking back our communities on, on yep, Facebook? Yep, we've got about a minute and a half, and we're going to go to commercial, so why don't you tell them about the page? Um, yeah, I, I started a page on called Taking Back Our Communities where um, you guys can uh, request to be on there, and what that does is it is a private group, and I set it like that because I want people to be able, if there's drug dealings or drug dealers in their neighborhoods, these are our streets. We're taking them back. Like I said, there's more of us than there are of them, and their time is up. So I put that on there so people will feel comfortable talking amongst people. And if you want to inbox private information to me, then, you know, that's great. If you just want to talk about how to be more effective with this war that we're in and that we're, you know, on heroin or anything you just want to talk about, you'll be able to talk freely on there. So, again, it's called Taking Back Our our Communities, and, and anybody can reach me on Facebook under Kelly Mangle. Awesome. So, um... So, so we're getting. We thought you were going to talk uh, longer. <laughs> okay. Kelly never runs out of talking. <laughs> like, Wait we're getting ready to go to break here and. Uh, Hello. <laughs> we're going to go to break here and. Um, we will uh, be right back with uh, Kelly Mangold. Love you guys. making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in to Happy and Healthy Living with Darlene Godwin to better understand the why on how you feel and find the right therapies, treatments, and programs to bring healing to the mind, body, and spirit. You can live a better life at any age. It's not just a temporary fix. Rather, it's a permanent, healthy lifestyle. 
Happy and Healthy Living with Darlene Godwin is broadcast live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned into Shattering the Stigma with Frankie and Mama Dukes. Reach out to us on the show today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also drop us a line at Leisha1120 at gmail.com. That's L-E-S-H-A-1120 at gmail.com. Now, back to Shattering the Stigma. <laughs> welcome welcome back to Shattering the Stigma, guys. It's Frankie and Mama Dukes uh, at Buck Heroin Foundation. Hi, everybody. We've got Kelly here with us. Hi, so, everybody. Before we left for commercial, we were, you know, just hitting on a couple things. And um, one of the things that that we, Kelly and I and Frankie, are working on is trying to get actual statistics for overdoses in mm-hmm. our area. And um, one of the things that we were able to find out is uh, ways to get people out of their houses. Do you want to mm-hmm. expand on that, Kelly? Yeah, sure. Um, during our meeting, we had um, I really learned a lot um, that we um, that you can actually. I spoke with our mayor, and I was telling him, you know, where my son overdosed at. Allegedly, there were four overdoses there in a year, and I'm like, doesn't anybody like want to watch that house? I mean, if I know if I was a landlord, I'd want to know about that. And so I found out that if there's so many overdoses, that you're able to um, shut that shut that house down. And um, during this process, I mean, I learned that you, you know, like. The mayor can send a letter, or the fire chief can send a letter to, like, you know, to the landlord of that place and say, hey, you know, do you know this is going on? And, you know, give them the opportunity to clean that up. I mean, I know that if, if I was a neighbor and that was happening next door, I, I would want something done. I wouldn't want to see people um, dying like that, and you know, across my street or let alone in my town. I mean, four overdoses is, is just one too many for me in a house in a year, you know, and I just... I mean, and that's again, that's another awareness uh, tool that I found out during our meeting when we met. Absolutely. Another thing that we learned, and this may hold true to other for other small areas, is you know when you're in a small area and you don't have a large hospital to deal with the things that go on with overdoses, they're normally sent mm-hmm. out to a bigger area, and yeah. then that statistic falls on that county. So a lot yeah. of areas that are small think they don't have an issue and people aren't dying there because it's not showing up in their statistics. It's showing up in the bigger county next door to them. Um, yeah, that's a good you know, point. So I'm glad you brought that up. It's something for, you know, if you're in a small area, don't don't think. I bet I've been doing this for a long time, and you would be amazed at the small communities of what's going on there, and people think nothing is. Yeah, true story. Um, it's, you know, especially, you know, with Port like places like Port Clinton, you know, like my mom was saying, man, I never thought that uh, my hometown would become what it is, you know, but it just, I see it getting worse and worse. And um, it goes back to, uh, 
communities not acknowledging a problem um, or not wanting to speak about things. Yep. You know, I remember a long time ago, my mom tried to bring it to the um, city's attention what was coming, and they they weren't uh, ready to admit that a small town like Port Clinton, Ohio, could face what's going on now. And uh, sure enough, it's going on now. You know, you know, we tried to tell the schools, you know three, four years back, you know, that, hey, you know, you, you, you got a drug problem. And I think when people hear the word drugs, they think, you know, not in this area. That's that side of town's problem. You know, those, nobody wants that. I mean, it just isn't like down the street or around the corner. Like I said, it's all of Port Clinton. And like I said, when I was off work that month, you know, I went around and I, you know, kind of like put my ear out there to see, you know, what, what the buzz was. And, you know, and like you said, I mean, you, you know, a lot of good things, you know, about the overdoses. I mean, we've, we had overdoses here in our town, like you said, where they put, where by the time they get into Toledo or out to bigger areas, that city gets that overdose, not us. And then people think, oh, we only had three or four, but in reality, we could have 32. And I'm not saying that's what we had. That's just, you know, roughly what we could have had. And, and once we get those statistics, we'll know. And people are, you know, think, oh, we only had four. You know, it's, it's no, or we only had three. It's no big deal that we know of. But I mean, there are more people that get sent out of the county and wherever they die is where they have, you know, that, that city gets that statistic. And and um, if people really knew what went on around here, I mean, you know, like I said, the, the, the drugs from Cleveland to Toledo and, uh, you know, it's here. And as soon as we get certain entities to acknowledge that, I think that uh, our community will be a, 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 a lot better off and, um, and just not blame one section of the town or one two block radius of a town and say, oh, it's, that's their problem. No, it's our problem. I mean, my son came from a middle class family. I mean, it, and I think that the biggest piece here, if I could say anything, would be people think, oh, heroin just happens to poor people, or it just happens to, oh, those. I hear, I hear those kind of people. That just irks mm-hmm. me to no end. You know, my son was a middle. He came from a middle class family. He looks like an all American kid. He does. I mean, it can happen to anybody. And I think the biggest thing I'd like to stress out here right now is if it happened to me, to me, and um, and I was a law enforcement officer and I loved my son and I and I cared for him and and that that happened at my doorstep. That can happen anywhere. And that's I think that's what I want people to really realize is but that could happen to anybody and it's and everybody's kind of drug and it does not discriminate it does not it will just tear through here and it doesn't care it doesn't have a soul it's a monster it's wrestling the demon the snake you know i've heard all kinds of, of things and i want parents to know that it's real and it's here and the more we shut our eyes to it the worse repercussions we're going to have we need to get a grip on it now you know one thing that that you and i talk about a lot that uh, we didn't mention today is um, you refer to it as having the chair pulled out. And since the name of this uh, show is Shattering the Stigma, a lot of that is how they're treated from every single entity and, you know, Mm -hmm. making people make choices, making people decide whether to put someone out of their house or not, calling them a criminal, calling them worthless, um, you know, a monster. It, it's it's got to stop. When they stop doing that and they start treating them the way they need to and making them feel like there's hope, that's going to make a huge difference. You know, um, I'm glad you touched on that a little bit. I had um, an experience um, 
you know, I've had been in and out of a custody battle for um, about seven years. I have a beautiful daughter, Kyle's um, sister, and she just loves her brother. And, uh, you know, you get wrapped up in the juvenile court, and, you know, I have to put this out here. I, and, 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 again, these are just facts. It's not about blame. It's about bringing awareness. Um, you know, and I'm lucky and fortunate that I had the resources that I had to be able to rectify some of my things. Um, you know, the uh, my son's background was um, allowed to be used against me in court, and, um you know, they referred to my son as various criminals watched my daughter. And, you know, my son was an addict. He was not a criminal. And when I read in the paper that a detective gets quoted by a paper saying, hey, addicts are not criminals, you would think that the judges or magistrates would know better. And I know people don't want to hear that. And um, this is not to embarrass anybody or, or my daughter or, or myself. I, I want to bring awareness to that, that, you know, that was allowed to be done. And, and you know, and it's, you know, it's the smear, smear the character game and, when you bring outside resources into your home, and some addicts aren't going to have the best records, and they may look bad on paper, but, man, they wouldn't hurt anybody. And at that point in time as a mother, I'm going to be very honest with you, I wanted to help my son. I wanted to save my son. And I knew it was a 50-50. As a cop, you get that. But as a mother, it was it just wasn't enough for me, and I was going to do anything I could. And like I said, it's getting the courts and, and these um, judges to think outside the box and say, oh, okay, there must be something going on here. Why mom has son in the house. Okay, so he has enough for, you know, heroin possession, and he got caught with the, and you know, well, yeah, he's going to have that. He's an addict, you know. No, it's definitely, um, that's true, though. I mean, it can happen, you know, anywhere, and it's uh, yep. something that's become very, very common. Anyway, um, we're getting ready to wrap it up for the day. Um, I want to thank uh, thank you again, Kelly. Thank you so, so um, much, Kelly. Kelly, can you tell us the name of your Facebook page again? Yeah, it's um, it's called Taking Back Our Communities. And um, you can anybody can get me on Facebook under Kelly Mangold. Um, you'll see my son's picture, Kyle Theron, and my cousin tell a whole lot. But, again, it'll be Taking Back Our Communities. And um, Anybody just wants to get a hold of me, I mean, I'd be more than glad to hear from you. And thanks again, Lisha. And awesome. thank you for Love you. Thank you so time. much. Love and you guys, guys can thank message you. us the uh, Fuck Heroin Facebook page. Um, as if you have any questions regarding finding resources or support, or if you just need someone to talk to or, um, you know, uh, look for some guidance, give us, a, you know, give us a call or hit us up on our messenger. And, love you guys. Uh, we love you guys. We'll, Hope to we'll see you next talk week. Talk to y'all next week. And, uh, you know, fuck heroin. Fuck heroin. Thank you for being part of the show today. Be sure to listen next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Shattering the Stigma on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. You're not in this fight alone. We're here to help.